On this episode of the Scott Stimmen Podcast, we'll be looking at the NFL and the National Anthem debate. So stay tuned and listen right here on the Scott Stimmen Podcast. Night football's coming on tonight. Welcome to the Scott Stebbin Podcast. It's a nice, uh, beautiful day here in Stanton, Virginia, uh, the evening of October 3rd, 2017. Um, and today I want to just talk about the NFL. Now, I couldn't tell you. Now, I couldn't tell you how long it has been since I've seen a regular season game of the NFL. Um, think last year I watched the Super Bowl, or technically it would be this year, 2017, I saw the Super Bowl, and then I think I saw some college ball, but it's been a long while since I actually watched an NFL game. I think the last time was when I was still in a fantasy football league, which it's been at least a couple years since I've done that. So last week, um, football, football games are playing like normal on Sunday, and then all of a sudden... I take a nap from after speaking at church. I happen to log on to Facebook, and all of a sudden, it seemed like almost every single post I was seeing in my timeline had something to do with NFL players being disrespectful, uh, to the NFL players are standing up for their rights against the racism. And there's just kind of been this big, gigantic ball of of a big, hot mess going on. And I'm like, okay, what happened? What's going on? Did, did I, was there something that was said? Was there something that I missed? Like, what, what was going on with this? And as I began to investigate it a little bit further on what exactly happened, basically what we have seen is, um, what we have seen is we have seen basically people, um, we're still fuming from everything from 2016 seasons when, um, Colin uh, Kaepernick uh, was sitting during the national anthem. And then eventually it got to the point where he wasn't just sitting, but he was actually kneeling during the national anthem. And during that time, it seemed like there was um, a lot of debate on what he was doing. Because before it was like he's sitting, people were like, well, why is he sitting? He did it a second time. No one seemed to notice or say anything. The third time when you actually saw it, there was starting to get some ruffling of the feathers, as you would say. And there's just been a lot of anger towards him. And even in his interview, when he talked to reporters about why he was doing, he basically said, hey, there are people who are getting killed by police officers, people of color. Um, 
who are un uh, and basically more not just be they're getting shot, but unjustfully they're getting shot and killed by police officers. And for him, it's like, you know, I love the country, but in a way, I'm just going to be in a do a peaceful protest to not make to basically raise awareness for this problem. And I believe I was reading an article, I think it was in the Washington Post, where since uh, Kaepernick's kneeling in 2016, uh, in one year to the day, there have been at least, I think it was 48 accounts of people who have been, um, who were shot when they had no weapon. They were unarmed people who got shot. And out of those 48 people, 18 of them were African-American. So we see that he's raising awareness to an issue, an uh, issue that he's passionate about, an issue where he is going to use his platform um, to be able to protest and silently protest um, what's going on in the NFL. And we kind of see it taking shape. Uh, we see people taking shape as far as other football players are doing it to entire teams are doing it. And especially this year, especially during the national anthem where people are kneeling, um, it seemed to kind of cause a lot of anger towards people, which is making them see that, hey, they are disrespecting the American flag. They're disrespecting the men and women who are serving our country. And they're basically disrespecting the country that's paying them millions and millions of dollars to play football. And yet, as I'm kind of sorting through all the gibberish and all the noise that's happening, I'm having a very difficult time seeing where... Somebody seeing where somebody said something about um, doing something that was going to cause a disobedience to the flag, um, a disrespect for our military, and that's why they're protesting because they hate America, they hate the military. And I have never seen anything from an NFL player or the commissioner or anybody that's saying the reason why they're protesting is because they don't like the military. Now, I understand the side of it where if you are not standing up and putting your hand over your heart and giving up and basically pledging your allegiance to America or to the American flag, I can see how that's disrespectful. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who probably get mad when there's that young kid who doesn't take off his hat when the national anthem is playing. And there's probably someone who's giving them that kid an evil glare saying, kid, take off your hat, show some respect for the American flag. Um, I can see that and I can see why there is this why people are having such a outrage on that side about it being um, protest. And here's the thing. There's actually a great article that was published on September 24th in um, the New York Times. It's by Brett Stevens, and it's in the opinion um, column. And he writes about the dying art of disagreement. 
And it is very interesting because he talks a little bit about how um, basically disagreeing with somebody um, that that gives us that gives us our freedom. It defines our individuality. It enjoins our tolerance. It enlarges our perspective, seizes our attention, energizes our progress, makes our democracies real, and gives hope and courage to oppressed people everywhere. And he talks about this, and he says, you know, that we have gotten to a point in our world now where if you disagree with someone, you're basically crucified. It's not like saying, okay, I disagree with you, but I understand your point of view. I understand that, um, I, and you understand that I disagree with you, but at the same time, we can still be friends, even though we may disagree on certain aspects, whether it's political, whether it's personal, whether it's musical taste, etc. And even this, they were talking, and he was even pulling some um, polarization in the graphs. He says that, you know, just recently, in the 20 years ago, that Republicans are more right-leaning than they were 20 years ago, and Democrats are more left-leaning than 20 years ago, and... Even there's some people who say if you are in a family that primarily votes Republican, they would not want their child to marry a Democrat. And if they do, that there would be some type of taboo. And he kind of even said that this inter-party marriage has taken the place of interracial marriage as a family taboo. So I think it's kind of funny that like, I wouldn't say funny, more sad that you could have a white person and a black person that have the same political beliefs. And that would be okay, that would actually be more okay than having people of the same race who have different political beliefs. And I just think that that's just insane. And we just got to the point where, and we just got to the point where, you know, people just can no longer agree to disagree anymore. And even if you just want to disagree, at least you walk away thinking, okay, I understand this person. But I think that because of the way our society has shifted and the way media and social media has kind of been kind of the go-to source for people sharing and discussing news, that everything is just so polarized. And it bothers me in a sense that that there's this big argument between people kneeling as a peaceful protest and that being looking down upon. And we see people who are saying, hey, I think this is disrespectful to the American flag. And people are being called, well, you support racism. Or even some people may say, oh, well, you probably were supportive of the... Um, alt-right um, at, at the uh, Charlottesville riots. And it's just crazy. It's crazy that people are calling each other Nazis or anti-American. And it's just, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. So the question that I always think about is how can we get back to understanding different people where our individual 
individuality can shine through and yet even if we have a difference of opinion that it's okay that it doesn't become this big hate rage spewing match whether it's in person or on the phone or on the internet or emails etc and the only thing i can think about it on how we can get to that point where we can kind of bring more of a peaceful art back to disagreements is essentially that instead of posting something on Facebook, and let's just say this, let's say someone posts something on Facebook and let's say they post something saying, I think the American people who kneel during the American flag is disrespectful. Someone puts that on there and basically says, you know, I think all the football players must join the military and and serve in our country and blah, blah, blah. Like someone might po po post that, okay? If you are in opposition of that person who is your friend or, so, or your family member who is saying that or posting that on social media, here's what I would do. I would simply say, hey... Hey, are you busy this week? I'd like to take you out to dinner. You guys go out. You have dinner. And then as you are eating, you then begin to kind of discuss the topic at hand. Because here's the thing. It's easy for you to spew all your stuff when you don't have a person sitting next to you. It's very easy to say what you want knowing that if someone disagrees with you, you can hit the delete button and delete their comment or you don't have to say anything. A bunch of your other friends who agree with you can go and start spitting there and all you're doing is you're just kind of watching the drama unfold on your uh, Facebook feed. But when you have to sit and look someone in the eye and look at their body language and actually discuss and talk about things, then that's when you begin to start to get to this point where, yeah, you at the end of the day, at the end of the meal, you pay your tip and you still may disagree, but at least you may understand where the other person's coming from. You may start to have a little bit more of a view or insight into what's happening. And I remember um, when I was in Chicago, uh, Pastor Eric Mason was speaking on race and equality. And there's one thing that he said that I thought was very powerful. He said that those of us who are in the majority in society has to stand up and be the voice for those who are in the minority. And I think when you have someone who has a lot of power, whether it's socially, whether it's economically, and they're basically saying this is the way it is, and I'm going to say this, and you're going to stand up for those who are being oppressed, then I think that's going to change. And I think it goes back to being an NFL player, you know, do... You know, for them, this is their platform. And some people go, well, have have a different platform. Well, here's the thing. It's the same thing when people watch the Oscars and they get mad when politics are being talked at the Oscars. And I hear the comment saying, well, you're an actor. Just entertain me. I don't want to hear about your political opinion. Well, here's the thing. 
Actors are super busy, and the only time you're going to hear someone's political opinion is if they make a documentary about it that people are going to see, which is going to cost millions and millions of dollars. But I know that there's going to be a big majority of people that are going to be watching the Oscars, and that on the news people are going to be discussing the Oscars the next day, then I'm going to go up and I'm going to say my piece. And the thing is, actors talking about their political beliefs or standing up for what they believe is right is not a new phenomenon. I can remember when Marlon Brando won the Oscar for Godfather, or I forget what, what he won the Oscar for, and he didn't even accept it. A Native American accepted it and said, you know, talked about Native Americans being oppressed. I mean, that was like 50 years ago. And yet, anytime when you watch like the Oscar highlights, that's still a thing that comes up on the Oscar highlights. That and the streaker at the Oscars, that always seems to come up too. So you see that... So when you are in a position of power, it is my belief to say, hey, if you want to raise awareness for something... You know, and you are able to use a platform to do it, then I think that's okay. I do caution, however, because next thing is someone is going to be a, standing up for people who are oppressed for killing a dolphins to make tuna. I mean, are people going to kneel for that? Probably not, because it wouldn't because it wouldn't work. But you, we have to kind of be careful that sometimes thinking can always be things can always be taken out of context. And I remember reading one story, and I can't remember where I read it, and I don't even think I... Oh, here it is. Hold on, let me pull this up real quick. But it was this article that a friend posted talking about when Colin Kaepernick was first kneeling uh, last year. Um, he started to talk about how, oh, hey, you know, he kept doing this. Well, then... Um, Nate Boyer, who is a former Army Green Beret, who is an NFL long snapper, actually penned an open letter to Colin in the Army Times, basically how Colin sitting during the games affected him. And what we see in the story is that Colin listened to his letter and he actually responded to him, actually had a discussion. And then at the end, you know, Colin invited Nate at San Diego where they had a 90-minute discussion. And Nate proposed to Colin to kneel instead of sit. And Colin goes, well, why kneel? And he says, in a military funeral, after the flag is taken off the casket of the fallen military members, it is smartly folded 13 times and then presented to the parents, spouse or child of the family member by a fellow service member while kneeling. So the two decided that kneeling for the flag would symbolize his reverence for those that paid the ultimate sacrifice while still allowing Colin Kaepernick to peacefully protest the injustice he saw. And I thought this was a great story. And But at the root of the story, it's like Nate Boyer had an issue. He writes to Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick listened, invited him. They had a one-on-one -on -one discussion for 90 minutes to talk about it, talk about their difference of opinion. And then they were able to find common ground for him to be able to protest. And we just gotten to the point where we just can't even do that. So the next time when you see somebody who is posting hate or posting something that you disagree with, 
the one thing that I ask you to do is instead of publicly through your Facebook feed, attack them or do anything that's going to cause more fuel to the fire, invite them out for a meal. Invite them over to your house or, hey, just invite them to go walking around the park. And as you're walking, discuss those things. Talk about it. Understand their point of view. Have them understand your point of view. And finally get to a point where if you agree to disagree, that's fine because at least you walk away with more wisdom and knowledge than before you came in. You also understand a person a little bit better. And if you're able to get to a point where you can compromise, where you both can kind of find some middle ground, then that is absolutely wonderful. So that's enough of my soapbox ranting. So thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm still experimenting. I know Facebook made some changes where you can actually use a stream key and use some software to stream to Facebook Live. So I may be experimenting with that. I know I have an episode in the queue uh, reflection on the um, Las Vegas shootings that I'm going to hopefully do this week as long as, as time permits. And um, and we I'll experiment with that Facebook Live and see how well it turns out. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a wonderful uh, day. Hopefully you have a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.